guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. We decided that um, there needed to be some ladies up here, um, so I guess I'm, I'm first in a little while. <laughs> Jill has preached up here before, so I'm super proud of her. Um, so tonight, I actually last week I was praying about what the Holy Spirit wanted me to share with y'all, and one of the things that kind of just stood out to me is like, do we get this whole God that we're singing about and talking about and praying to? Like, do we talk about this other than like in the songs and we we read scripture and we're like, okay, that's supposed to make sense, but. I kind of want to bring it back to a little bit of the basics of God. God who? So I wanted to just break it down. God, the who? Okay, so that's how I say it. God, the who? Not the band. If you're old, I I didn't listen to them. But anyways, um, and everyone's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So who said that? Joy? Okay, anybody else? All right, I see a hand in the back or two. So God in the Bible is described as the father. I love this. Yeah, well, I'm, in Revelation, he has a white beard and long white hair. So there you go. The father, the son, young Jesus died at 33, and the Holy Ghost, also known as the Holy Spirit. So that can be a little overwhelming for people. Uh, some people go, okay, that's just how it is. And so that's where they leave it. They're like, it's just how the Bible says it is. And that's that. And they move on without giving it another thought. Other people get so hung up on it. Like, wait, one God in three people, I, I can't do that. And they walk away from faith on that one. It sounds little, but one point that they can't get past. So One of the things that I wanted to just touch on real quick, because I've been listening to different things, reading some different things, asking the Holy Spirit to kind of describe this to me and like break it down for me. And one of the ways that he did this, which he's amazing, um, first off, in the scriptures, it even talks about like um, how man is made in God's image. So in Genesis 1:27, it says, "So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them." It's a little redundant, but you know, we're getting the point. So if we are made in God's image, and I believe that the original design that God had intended, He put Himself into humans. So when we look at ourselves. We can go, God is like this particular aspect. I'm not saying we are God. I'm saying we are like God. God is not necessarily like us. He is far beyond us. But the way that he created us was to be like him. So we are like an image bearer of him. You probably heard that said before, an image bearer. And so when we show off his image, it's like the moon reflecting the sun. The moon is not the sun, but it reflects it. It has categories. It has ways of looking like the sun, but it is different. So God, 
we can look at ourselves a little bit and go, hmm, maybe I can break it down like that. So I heard this described and I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. Like that makes sense. After a few years of walking with the Lord, my age, it finally was put in a way that I was like, yes, I get that. And I shared it with Isaac and he was like, yeah, you should share that. (laughs) And so this is how they said it. What are we made of when people talk about what is a person made of? Mind, soul, and body. We are three in one. My body is not separate from me, but it is part of me. My body doesn't really do things without me knowing about it. I mean, sure, sometimes, it, whatever. You get the point. So that is how one of the ways that we can look at God and say, oh, okay, three in one. I am three in one. My mind is different than my spirit and isn't always functioning doing the exact same things. They have different goals and different jobs, you could say. But still, three in one. I am still me. My body is still me. My mind is still me. And my spirit is still me. But they have different functions, okay? So, does that make sense to anybody? Give me just like, yup. Okay, any of that. Okay, three people, thank you. Thank you, I appreciate that. So, that was just one of those things that I wanted to just... I felt like sharing that because that was like kind of a new way of thinking about that and understanding it. And I felt like, man, people should know that. (laughs) So that's kind of how I speak. I share. I don't really, I don't know what like preaching looks like, but I'm more of like a teacher, I guess. So when you look at yourself, not the sinful part, don't do that, but the goodness that is in you and in other people, look at that and say, could that have been put into me? by God? Is that what he's like? Did he put that in me? Did he put that in that person? Um, Another part, this is where we're really going to like dive into it tonight, is the father. And a lot of people just like, already cringed. (laughs) Um, One of the things that it says in the word, and if I can find the lovely scripture, because I have my phone, because my laptop wouldn't work last night. So I couldn't like print it out. So that happened. So, okay, here it is. In Matthew 7, 9 through 11, it says, Or what person is there among you who, when his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? Will he? So if you, despite your being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And so as I've been kind of praying through this, um, I just kind of let the Holy Spirit do what he wants, and it slightly terrifies me, but here we are. Um, That was what really just kept jumping out to me, that some of us in the room have not had even the basic of you're evil, but yet you would still give your child food instead of a snake or a stone instead of a fish. And so one of the things that I just wanted to share with you, maybe like a different perspective that you'd never thought of before, is that despite your history with whatever father figure you've ever had, or maybe haven't, God is above that. And God is different. Just like we talked about earlier about the Trinity and how he is like us. He puts himself, parts of himself into us. 
but he's different. He's beyond us. He's better, so, so, so much better. So if you've had a great perspective of a father in your life, awesome. If you have not, I want you to hear how God has taught me. I'll just say that. This is the word I want to say. Um, I was raised on a dairy farm in the middle of Pennsylvania, rural Pennsylvania. And my dad is the toughest, hardcore man I have ever met in my life. He is beyond tough. Um, He is the type of guy who, when I was in high school, I woke up to him yelling to me to come out and help him. And when I walked into our sunroom, he was holding himself up with a pitchfork and his knee was on the side of his leg. And he had hobbled himself into the house because he had tripped into a hole trying to chase some cows and his knee went sideways. So I'm not sure how he got to the pitchfork, but the pitchfork got him into the house where then I was supposed to take him to the doctor, but not until we got the cows in. So yeah, that's my dad. He's also the type that when I invited him to go to CrossFit with me, he went with a torn bicep and needing two full knee replacements. So that's my dad. He's just very, he's just hardcore, man. He's hardcore. Uh, no pain, no gain for my dad. And he got kicked by a cow, didn't care. Yep, he gets kicked by cows. He's, yeah, I mean, he's just, he's a beast. So he taught me a lot of things. He taught me growing up what it means to have hard work. He taught me what it means um, to be committed to your family. He taught me to go to church. Every time the doors were open, every time, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, and if there was service throughout the week or anything special going on, we were there. But he was not overly connected as a father. He didn't necessarily show me um, how much he appreciated me or how proud he was of me unless I, you know, did something really hardcore. (laughs) Um, it, It hit like multiple home runs in softball, you know, things like that. There was just those things where he would very rarely show that he was pleased with you because, you know, there's always room for you to get better. And so he taught me a lot of things, but he didn't necessarily show me the heart of God as I now see God. And God the Father has actually shown himself to me through my kids. And so that is, for me, what I wanted to share with you, how he has taught me about himself through me being a parent, not by being a kid. So this is what I'm going to talk to you about tonight. So I'm sorry if this gets a little touchy or it gets like, whew, I just would love for you to see God in a different light than maybe you've already seen him. So who is the father? He is holy and set apart from us. As we have seen in the Trinity, we are separate from him, but similar. So look beyond the males in your life or the father figures in your life and look to the scriptures to find who a real God, a real father is. And if you don't have someone to look at in your life who says like, yeah, that's like a father figure to me, he is still there and he can be everything you need because he's real and he is present and he can be that for you. You are not lacking anything when God is the only father in your life. And anyone who even has a great father, God is even better. He's more amazing. And so one of the things that I want you to hear from me is that he is crazy about you. He absolutely adores you. 
he has thought about you well beyond, way far beyond your parents even thinking about you or even having an idea about you. In Ephesians, it says, for we are his workmanship. Anyone who is an artist knows that you are like proud of what you do. You work hard, even music, things like that. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand so we could walk in them. Nope, I just said that wrong. Prepared before so that we would walk in them. He has amazing things prepared for us. I know when I became a parent, even before my kids came into our home, any of those things, I had ideas for them. I had dreams for them. I had just hopes and I wanted them to be amazing. I wanted them to know who they were and how much they were loved. And I had all of these ideas and I'm like, what are they going to be like? Like what kind of um, gifts are they going to have? And I can't wait to like hone that in and work on that. And God does that with us. We don't always see that, but he does. Like he was the one that placed those things inside of us and he wants to just keep fanning that flame so they keep growing and growing because he wants to celebrate that. Um, In Psalm 139, some of you might really know that scripture, but I love it. Um, Your eyes have seen my formless substance and in your book were written all the days that were ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts for me, God. How vast is the sum of them. Vast. Like, when I think of vast, I think of the ocean, where it just keeps going on and on and on and on. And I heard, <laughs> I heard this woman talk about heaven and how, like, how God, he would probably, like, sit with the little babies before he would, like, send them out or whatever. And he would, like, whisper into their spirit the things that he had planned for them. And I think of like, what a good God that he has those good things in us. He like whispered them into our spirit before the foundation of the earth, before we were ever formed. And his thoughts for us are good and they're vast. And one of the incredible things that I think most people don't hear about is how much he is for us. You know, we we think, oh, I have these like, I have these dreams in my heart and I don't know what to do with them and they can't possibly be from God because, I don't know, they're really out there. But what if they are? What if God has like huge dreams for you and he placed those things in your heart so that you could get out there and you could do those things? Um, One of the things that is super, super um, close to my heart is adoption. Um, And that comes from the heart of God. God the Father adopts us. And most people go, yeah, 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 adoption. That's great. That's awesome for you guys. But it is personal for every single follower of Christ. Because when we were still in our sin, Christ died for us. And one of the cool things, this is a little story. I like to tell stories. So just, I hope that hits home with people. Um, When we adopted our little ones, they were little and like usually like under four, I think that was, yeah, most of the range, four was our oldest. And at that point, it was us choosing them. We made a choice. We made a commitment to them for the rest of their life. We chose to be their parent. We chose to take on all full responsibility. We gave them our identity. Does that sound familiar? 
We gave them our name. We gave them what we're about. We gave them our hopes, our dreams, our, our family, I don't know, goals, structures, things like that. But it was cool when we adopted our little ones. It was all, the whole adoption ceremony was about Doug and I, my husband. And every single question that the judge asked us, they said, do you take full responsibility for this child? No matter what happens in their future, do you take full responsibility? And we, of course, said, yes, we do. Do you understand that you cannot give them up? Like, they're your children. As if you had given birth to them, they are your children. And I was like, wow, that is like, yes, I do take that responsibility. Now I know other people have stories that don't work out like that, but that is what you sit in, in that courtroom where they ask you, is this child going to be yours? And we said, yes. And it was so powerful and beautiful. And we got to do two adoptions, like back to back, actually three back to back. And the first two were of, of little ones. But the third one was of our 19-year-old at the time. Yes, I am old enough to have a 30-year-old son. Actually, he's 31 now. Oh, Dave, do you feel old? Anyways, um, Dave was in his wedding. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Sorry, Dave got called out there. Um, So Mike, our oldest son, he's 31. We adopted him when he was 19. And that was such a powerful thing. Actually, he was, my husband was the youth pastor here many, many years ago, and he was in our youth group. So his, his story is super cool. It's not necessarily mine that I'm going to share right now, but the one part that, um, from when he was 15 years old, 14 and a half ish till he was 19, we were in his life. And when he was 19, we found out we could adopt an adult. And I thought, how cool is that? Like, whoa, what? Because we didn't think we could. And so when they finally told us, like, yeah, you actually can adopt an adult. So we, we presented it to Mike, and he was like, yeah, absolutely. Yes, I want you to adopt me. And um, at that point, it was just Isaac. And so we were like, okay, Isaac, are you cool with this? And he was a little muffin at the time. But um, Mike was like, yeah, I want him to be my brother. Like, this is so cool. So we had had two adoptions of little ones where everything was about hey, Doug, Mandy, are you willing to take full responsibility? Are you giving them your name, your family? Are you investing fully in them? And of course we said yes. And then Mike's adoption was so different because every question was, Mike, do you choose them as your parents? Do you accept them to be over you as in an authority and a mentor and and parents? And at 19 years old, he had to say, I choose them. And that's exactly what happens with Christ. Christ died for us so that we could be restored to the Father, that we could have a relationship and be co-heirs with Christ. That blows my mind. That we, Jesus, our big brother, died for us so that we could have a relationship with God like a son, like Jesus did with his father, our father now. And so just like our little ones, from the foundation of the earth, God chose us. But then we also have to choose him. We have to choose to take on his identity. We have to choose to say, he is the one who is my parent. He is the one whose family I am joining, and this is what that looks like. 
That was extremely powerful for us. And I don't think that people understand how many dynamics there are in adoption. It is beautiful. <laughs> and if you can ever sit down and find out all of the different ways that, that adoption is powerful and reflects the heart of a father, a father God, it is incredible. Just how, how the process goes, how much um, it can cost, things like that. Not, I'm not talking financially. I'm talking like heart investment. I'm talking about what the father, when he sent Jesus to the cross, what that cost him what sacrifices parents make to have a child join their family. It is costly and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful picture of what the father does for us. And we get to be a part of a family that is intentional and that God is a good father. So one of the other things that, um, just kind of looking through my notes because I'm getting back to them. Um, It says, um, see what great love the father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it does not know him. So there that is that identity part again, where if we identify with the father and we become like Jesus, we're gonna look different and the world is gonna notice. I, I tell our kids all the time, I'm like, you guys are gonna start to be the really weird ones because you're respectful, <laughs> <laughs> you um, don't steal and think it's okay. You don't lie and think it's like, it starts to become weird, especially lately. A lot of things in the world, it's looking a little bit weird. How like the, the Christian faith starts to make you look different when you follow Christ, when you follow the Father. Just as he chose us, in him before the foundations of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to his kind intention of his will. I always find that a fascinating scripture. It's Ephesians 1, 4, and 5, where it says, according to his kind intention, according to the kind intention of his will. That's fascinating to me that God, the Father, wanted to do that. Like That was his desire, was to bring us into his family. Some of the things that um, I have, I've watched in people's lives and probably you know, have experienced in my own life is how we all fall short. I mean, we can all look around the room today and be like, well, they failed me. I expected them to do this and they didn't. They failed me. Or you look around and you say, well, you know, they're awesome. And I look at them and I put them on this pedestal and at some point they probably will fail you. Not intentionally. That's the thing, not intentionally. But God doesn't. He is for us. One of the things that um, the scripture talks about, I know I put it in here. I'm going to find it because it's super important. I feel like this is what he wants me to end with. So give me just a hot second. Yep, patience. Breathing into the microphone is creepy. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, we'll just check a little bit. (laughs) Let's make it awkward. Okay, so um, of course, 
Wait, there it is. Yay. Okay. <laughs> I scrolled over it like 12 times. Okay. God is good. Okay. Um, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Zephaniah 3.17. That's one you don't hear too much. Zephaniah. I was in Chiang Mai, Thailand in 2005. And the missionary that was there was giving us a little Bible study. And he brought that scripture out. And he's like, can you believe that God sings over you? Uh, that was the first, I was raised in the church my whole life, but that did not fit the mold of God as Lord and judge and angry man <laughs> that I had been raised in. And so when he said that, I will no longer rebuke you, but I will rejoice over you in singing. If you have never heard that God sings over you, just sit on that for a minute. Like, just think about that all week. What is the song that he sings over you? Have you ever wondered that? Like, now this might be like a brand new idea, and you're like, what? He sings over me? But I've thought about that. Like, what is the song that he sings over me? Maybe it's many. It's probably many. I mean, he's not going to probably just sing one song. But there's another scripture in Revelation, which I didn't actually put in here. It's my favorite recently. It talks about, let me see if I can get it right. And it says, for those who have overcome, I will give them a stone with a name on it. And only myself and the person who is receiving that stone will know what it means. What? Like that blows my mind. I cannot wait to get to heaven to see that stone and be like, it was like, it's this stone with a word on it or a name on it and it's mine. And only he knows it and only I know it. None of you guys get to know my name. I don't want to know yours. But I swear like that name or that word probably has our entire history together on it. And I get him and he gets me. And it's like this moment where it's like, Yes, I know you, and you know me. And it's, so, it's like this secret message between me and God. Yeah, something like that, but it's like a word. Like, could there possibly be a word long enough to summarize all the things we've been through? But how cool is that? He sings over you. He has a stone with your name on it that identifies and sets you apart from every other person. That is just wild to me. So I just want to close and we'll break out into small groups. Um, there's, this is kind of like more of like a reflection time, I think. So, um, if this ends up going to small group, awesome. If not, like, I just want to, like, sit in it for a minute if that's what Holy Spirit wants to do. So, we oftentimes will either say, like, God's not that good, or we'll say, like, I'm not good enough. Like, maybe both. I had, 
I have a friend who has adopted um, a precious little child. And one night, this little muffin who had walked through hell and back before they were two um, and had come into their home and they were trying to kind of walk through healing with that little, little muffin. And oftentimes that fear would come out in just bouts of rage and anger and frustration and confusion and all those things. And my friend had just sat with her daughter and just let the child just cry on her and punch her and kick her and bite her. And, and she was holding this child, like rocking her and it's okay, it's okay, you're gonna be okay, it's all right. And this child was doing everything they possibly could to fight back. Like, I will not receive this. This is, I'm scared. I don't know what's going on. And because of all of the things that had happened in her past, she was just so filled with rage and fear that it just would come out on this friend of mine. And I remember her telling me this story about this particular night. And she had ended the night with the, the child screaming at her and ended up urinating all over her. And she sat there just not sure like even what to do as this child like raged on her and went to the bathroom on her. And she kept holding her and rocking her and she just was thinking, she goes, I can't even, I've never been so degraded in my entire life. Like I was sitting there in my child's urine after being beat up for however long. And then she, the, the child finally like fell asleep in her arms as she was rocking her. And she picked her up and cleaned her up and put her to bed, went and showered and just gave that all to Jesus. Like, what do I do? Like, how do I even move on from this moment? I've never been so low. And my friend said, I walked in and saw my daughter sleeping. And I just knew that she loved when I would sing to her. And so I started singing to her. And she said, I remembered at that moment when I started singing, something broke in me to say, God sings over us. We have done things that have hurt God's heart. We have... We have raged at him. We have told him he doesn't have goodness in him. We have said things that are so awful to him. And he comes in and he sings over us. And if that is not the picture of God that you see, I want you to hear from me that is who he is. He is so crazy about us. And I know for a fact that I have screamed angry words at him. I have cursed at him. I have pounded angry fists at the air and said, you don't understand. How can you possibly be good if this? And he holds us. And he says, why don't you just sleep it off? Because <laughs> my mercies are new every morning. And he sings a song to us as we sleep because he's a good dad. And my, mom, my friend is not a perfect mom, but man, what a picture of the image of a father in her to say, I will still walk in there and I will love you 
because you don't know what you're doing. So I know that that was a lot to leave on, but he's that good. There's not a single thing that you can do to separate yourself from the love of God. He's bigger than your stuff. He's bigger than your past. He's bigger than your right now. He is bigger than all of that. And he is waiting there with open arms to say, I'm ready. I love you. I've got a little bit more I want to write on your stone. (laughs) So I'm not quite sure. Okay, we are. Um, I think we should just take some time to pray. If anyone could just... There's girls that want to come over on this side and guys, if they want to come over on this side, if you just want to take a minute and talk to um, one of the leaders or an adult here, I just feel like it's a good moment to just be like, let me just sit on his goodness and think about where he has been in my life where I didn't think he was good, but maybe, maybe it was my angry fist in the air and not actually his goodness that was compromised. So... Ladies, if anybody would like to just have somebody pray with them, you don't have to say anything. If you just want somebody to pray with you, come over on this side. Guys, if there's anybody who's like, yeah, I want to just have somebody pray with me to seal this word in our heart that God is good and he's for you and that he delights in you like a good father, no matter what you've ever experienced. I'm going to close this out. And if you guys want to, girls on that side, guys on this side, and leaders, just wrap up whoever's there. Otherwise, we'll just take this time and then we'll just kind of slow down and go to small group, okay? Father, I thank you that you are so, so good. That no matter what we do, you ask us to come back to you again and again and again because you're good. You sing over us. You give us chances that we don't deserve. You give us hope when there seems to be nothing that we can hope for. God, help us to see you separate from anyone, any father or male who has hurt us. May we look at you as who you are, separate and holy and set apart from us, not like us, wicked and evil and constantly messing up. You are good and you're for us and you have vast thoughts about us and plans that you have set for us, for us to do in this life. I love you, Father. Thank you for teaching me who you are. I pray, God, that I will be a good representation of the heart of a father, the father. I pray for the rest of this night that there will be healing and breakthrough in every single student here tonight. May they not leave the same seeing you as an angry God, but as a good, good father. We love you. We bless you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for speaking. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.